Some episodes might not be suitable for all listeners. Listener discretion is advised. I'm going to open this door, and if you attack me, I will kill you. Raid on the Library of Secrets begins after our party has sailed clear of the Golden Archipelago accompanied by their strange new companion, the Living Star. Our party soon finds themselves guests of the incredible airborne College of Ether, a school of arcane study held aloft by enchantments and the solid clouds of the Overbright. The school is a place of magical magnificence, arcane innovation, and well-meaning chaos. Floating wizard towers and aerial common areas drift through the open sky, bound together by a tangle of thick ropes and swaying bridges. Far from the eye of intrusive governments or rival schools, this eclectic assemblage of mages is free to pursue the study of magic as they see fit. At its center is the Transcendental Library, a perplexing structure that stores untold secrets. The party will have to earn entrance to this fantastical library, overcome an unexpected assault by the Iron Chain, and unravel the mysteries within to discover the way forward towards the edge of the world. So right after you guys get climbed up the bridge and the Transcendental Library is now just floating away on its own, you guys go to go into the door and something feels really, really odd. Like, it's almost like a sense of stepping into a darkness spell, but it seems like it's thicker and denser, almost like walking through a hefty amount of smoke. Like, you can feel something in the air. Okay. And right after the last person walks in, the doors just both and it's pitch black for a minute. Like magically black? Because I have dark vision. Uh, For a moment, yeah. And then when it opens up, (coughs) given who would have been the last person to walk in? Realistically, probably. I mean, Esther's generally normally the last one to walk in. Right. I know you guys usually send Zabak and Lockdown in. Yeah, they're normally the first ones to go in. Mercer and Celine follow suit directly behind. And so normally, Esther is the one who um, comes in at the very tail end. So, Mercer, Celine, and Lockdown all get into the room. And you realize you're in a 10 foot by 10 foot room with a small tunnel ahead and locked on's just like what in the world this is weird now is it weird we've just lost two of our companions i've lost a meat shield <laughs> all three of you are like looking around like what the and that's when you notice the door's not there anymore <sighs> Well, it's on you, Locke. Good luck. <laughs> Fantastic. At least we got the freaking healer. <coughs> he goes, do you want me to scout ahead, or do you guys just want to follow with? 
I think we can just go ahead. I mean, unless you're... I mean, how froggy are you feeling? Uh, give me perception checks. Mercer got a 14. Celine got a 15. And Lockdown got a 10. So he's like, uh, leans in. I don't hear anything. You guys don't hear anything either. Alright, let's just let's just roll. He's like, you know what? I'll tell you what. You guys stay back because you guys usually do everything from a range anyway, while I usually go up into the fight. Let me just go around the corner, I'll look, and if everything's okay, I'll come back and grab you. Does that work? Me. Yep. Uh, so he goes around the corner. Out of your guys' view. <clears throat> And you hear his footsteps for like a solid 15 seconds, and then the sounds stop. How long do you wait before you start to get curious? Mercer probably waits another 15 seconds. Okay, so another 30, so 30 seconds in total since Yeah, because he he's like, uh, maybe he comes back. Mercer starts grumbling under his breath. Do something. <laughs> it's like, well, looks like we're on our own. She's like, fabulous. <laughs> so what do you do now? Well, um, Mercer's going to end up taking the lead here, and he's like, at this point, we don't split up. You're stay on my heels and so starts moving up okay so as soon as he steps foot into here into this area yeah that's when he notices like it you did for some reason somehow you didn't catch it until you actually stepped into the room and that's when you notice the flame right here flickering mm -hmm. yeah i know i have just this little thing here but this entire spot Right here, this little five foot. It's like a little second. flame wall. It's like a little flame wall. And you see these weird sort of I'll actually bring you into the room here. And you see like these weird sorts of carvings and stuff all over the walls. You feel less like you stepped into a building and more like you walked into a cave almost. Because the entire the entire thing starts off squared off but then rounds off across the ceiling. And it's only about 10 feet tall. Okay. Um, at the, what, I, what you do blatantly see obvious is a very beautifully natural formed uh, marble wall at the end down here. And then all the carvings on the left and right hand side. And this is where you get to give me another perception check. Okay. That's not going to happen for the rest of the night. Double 20s. 
Mercer 21, Celine 25. Okay, so Celine got the higher of the two, so she notices um, <clears throat> off in the corner right here. <coughs> um, some weird reflective glow coming out of the ground a little bit. Mm -hmm. Simultaneously, Mercer notices a series of portal, not portal, um, carved out little holes in the ceiling going straight down to the marble wall and on either side of the walls. And it seems like roughly every five feet all the way down and across the center of the ceiling are these tiny little like one inch holes. So a trap? Does like Mercer see like any type of activation? Mm -mm. How high up are they? The holes? Um, the ones that are on the sides are right at like four feet. So just above Mercer's head? Just above it, yeah. But the ones up top are pointed straight down. So there's holes everywhere. There's not a spot where there's not a... At least not inside the room. Um, Mercer's going to take a shot at the square two up in front of him with his hand cannon. His, you know, Mega Man blaster. Where at? Two squares in front of him. Yep. He's going to move up to here? No, he's shooting it. He's shooting this square? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, boom! And looks to see if it... I mean, because it's 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 uh, thunder damage, so he's looking to see if it. You kicked up a little bit of dust, but that's about it. Okay. He then uses his ability for his force cannon, so little clamp on his fist. Okay. <clears throat> now, is actually, that, is he doing that in place of carrying the shield? Uh no, it's actually up on his shoulder. Sorry. Okay. Shoulder. Um, so that happens, so same thing, only this time it's force damage, so, you know, weight actually hitting that square. Okay. So you shoot the force cannon down on the square as mm -hmm. well. Nothing happens. Kick up more dust, basically. Okay. Celine's gonna cast Mage Armor. Okay. Just in case. Um, and Mercer is going to, because he's, he's low enough to the ground from the ones on the side, because he's, he's like only three foot two. Mm -hmm. He's short. He's going to hold his shield up above his head, and he's going to step forward. Just one single five foot step yep. forward. Okay. Nothing happens. Makes another step five foot forward. Right here. Yep. Nothing happens. Another step. Still nothing happens. But he's now five feet away from the marbled stone that's right here. Do I see holes above where Celine and Mercer originally started? Yeah. Um, what happens if Celine steps back one? Steps back into this little... Yeah. Slot right here. Yeah. Nothing happens. Alright. Uh, wish me luck. And he steps forward again. 
Um, does he do anything when he steps forward, or does he just step forward? Right now he just steps forward. Okay, then nothing happens. But he does realize the marbled stone is now right here in front of him, and the wall flame is just off to his right now. That's fine. Um... Um, he's going to basically inspect the wall. He's going to see, like, what he can discern from it. Is it, are they, like, arcane glyphs? They're just intricate art carvings. You mean, like, on the sides where the ports, the little port things are? Um, you're not seeing any glyphs. You're not seeing any sort of arcane or any other type of runic magic or anything of that nature. Um, as far as you can tell, it just looks like uh, intricate carvings. Not anything specific depicted, more like just somebody wanted to um, do some sort of like generic style design. Sort of like how there's different types of um, framework for like the edges of the walls and such. Or like how somebody would carve what would look like a pillar into the side of a wall sort of thing. Okay. So... spells I learned. Oh. <laughs> so, uh, second level divination spell. Um, okay. Um, so, basically, uh, so, Celine's going to step in. Okay. And she's going to um, use the spell Ashes of Time. Oh. <laughs> this is one of those ones where I have to make the final call on what it is you see, isn't it? Yep. So basically, you blow ashes into the air, and the ashes coalesce into a form of figures and structures. These ashen figures recreate a scene. Uh, oh, wait, no. Oh uh, yeah, no, she's actually going to try this. A uh, scene from the past displaying the events that has once happened. The details in the ash are vague and the scene is silent. It's difficult to discern gender or ancestry of figures in the scene. Only broad characteristics can be deciphered from the historical place. The scene create must have taken place within the area of the ashes. The ashes uh, favor moments of destruction. War, burning, and strife. The GM ultimately determines what moment in history the ashes recreate. The scene lasts for the duration until a wind of moderate or greater speed dispels it or until the scene finishes playing out naturally. So it lasts for 10 minutes. It's a cast time of one action. And so she uses that to try to discern what has happened here in the past. Okay. So she goes to cast the spell. Remember how I said when you shoot the ground and dust would kick up? Mm -hmm. 
Um, she starts to create a small little tornado of dust that spins up and occupies a single space, but then just sort of spreads out. Mm -hmm. And the dust is what acts as the ashes that depict yes. everything. Um, she sees <clears throat> two humanoid figures that seem to walk into the room here, go to opposite sides of the walls, and check, like, like it's almost as if they're feeling the wall, checking it out, looking at it in some fashion. Mm -hmm. And then you see one of them look back in her direction from where she's standing right now and take a hand and wave forward, followed by two more who seem to have something on four legs and a tail. And you make out a distinctive rope that comes off of it. Mm -hmm. And they come walking in and they actually go into this next area. Followed by the one that wasn't motioning or anything walks in. And then the last one <clears throat> stops for a minute, looks around again. And that's when she notices something kind of looks like it fell out of its pocket as it walks through and the wall of flame kicks up and the thing that fell out of its pocket is now setting where she saw that red glinting reflection in the ground. Okay, so she goes over to it. Goes to pick it up. Mm -hmm. It is a red scale. About, I'm going to say four inches in diameter. Five inches in diameter. So, decent sized dragon scale. Mm-hmm. Um, so it doesn't look like they really did anything in the room, they just walked through the fire. That would be an indication of a, that the fire probably wasn't there when they walked in. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> she's going to take the, the scale over towards the fire, firewall. And, like, you know, she's going to, like, basically put the tip of the scale into the fire. Okay. Let me just... Basically see. just touch it real quick. It's like a split second sort of thing? Like a second. Basically, you know how, like, you can stick your hand into the fire for a second before it burns you? Mm -hmm. And then pull it back out? Yeah, you see a lot of kids play around doing that stuff? Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's why I wanted to make sure I understood that. Um, nothing happens. Then she sits there and she's like, hey. She's like, I'm going to see if this, thing, you know, puts out the fire. She leaves it in the fire. Okay. Um. Be it that it's a dragon scale, she's assuming it's resistant. Or immune. All right. Uh, I'm going to do this slightly different than how this is written, because she's actively doing this. Um, okay, so she needs to give me a con saving throw, then. Mm, that's not going to be so good. That's an eight. An eight. So she's going to take eight points of fire damage, and she has the choice of whether or not to... Drop the scale on the ground, or keep a hold of it and hold it in the fire. Uh, she's going to... Is the scale, like, burning her? The scale is absorbing the heat from the fire. She drops it into the fire. 
<laughs> okay. Uh, well, if it, if it feels like it's absorbing it, she's like, maybe if I just drop it in there, it absorbs okay, the Okay, let, let, me, let me rephrase that then. Think of it more like if you put a piece of steel into a forge. And it heats up. It heats up and turns red hot. Uh, it very, very quickly, from her leaving it in, starts to turn red hot. So absorbing the fire is not not the right turn of phrase to use. It, it's it conducting just, heat. Yeah, it's conducting heat uh, much quicker than you would expect. She's going to pull her hand out real quick and be like, ah, ah. As soon as she pulls it out, all of that orange glow and everything immediately dissipates off. And it's cool to the touch again. So she's like, you got tongs, you do it. So Mercer pulls out his tools because he has tongs. Mm -hmm. Are the tongs made out of metal? Yeah. But they have, they like any tongs, they have protective pieces on them. Okay. So he goes to stick it in. It turns red hot again, and at this point, it's like he's mar- roasting a marshmallow. Nothing else happens. And the fire's not going away? Mm-mm. Pulls it back out. All the heat goes away instantaneously, and it's cool to the touch again. This makes no sense. Um... Mercer starts rummaging through his bag. Somebody's listening to this just screaming an idea at their phone right now. I can see it in my head. Well, the only other thing you can think of is he drops the scale like directly into the fire. And he has tongs. He can pick it back up. Does he do that? Yeah. While he's while he's sitting there, he's like, "I'm not sure what else to do," but he's he's so he drops it in there for a little bit since it's absorbing the heat. Well, it's it's conducting heat, mm-hmm. um, and he lets <coughs> it sit in there for a little bit. Um, okay, it gets red hot all over again. Mm, he doesn't have any. Well, um, I'm going to give you, I'm going to kind of try to help you out here a little bit. Um, give me an intelligence check. Mercer can do it at advantage. Uh, straight intelligence roll? Mm-hmm. 21. 21? Okay. Um, Mercer was the one that was looking at the marble wall, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. One of the things he did kind of notice, it was a little bit fuzzier to see because it's marble and not clear crystal, but he did slightly notice the vaguest image of the occasional vein that went through the marble and reminded him of the uh, arcane crystal he had like six chapters ago. Mercer does the only thing he knows what to do. 
is he goes and he pulls the scale out of the fire again. Mm-hmm. And goes over and sticks it on the marble wall. Sticks the scale on the marble wall? Mm-hmm. The scale gets absorbed into the marble wall. And that fire goes out. Mercer on the own goes, Ha! I did it! I figured it out! <laughs> so he just shakes the her head because she knows notice, it was a total guess. The other thing you notice is as the scale gets absorbed into that marble wall, it goes from a white cream-colored sort of color to a very dark, deep shade of red. Mm-hmm. So it still looks like a marble wall. It's just now got the pigmentation of a red color instead of a white color to it. Got it. Well, move on through. All right. So you guys get 5, 10, 15 feet up to here. Another perception check. Mercer with a 14 and Celine with an 11. You start to realize it's very, very echoey as you notice two more flames right here, which these are same thing as what you just dealt with, but they're bigger. Mm-hmm. So it, wherever you see that, it's encompassing. Yeah. Um, but you also hear the echoing sounds of a deep growl bouncing off the walls and the tunnels ahead of you. Well, this is just a pile of crap. Um, Mercer's going to walk in. He's going well, to... Actually, he's going he's gonna to look around and see if he notices any, like, holes or what look appear to be traps. Okay. That's going to be, see, that's an investigation. That's going to be... It's going to be a 19. Okay. Um, in this area, it does look carved as if somebody was mining in and then went back and actually carved into it. Same idea as over here, except no holes in the walls or the ceiling or anything. So he's going to walk in. Okay. Is he trying to be quiet at all? Yes, no. Um, Let me rephrase that. Is he actively going to try to stealth? No. Okay. No, I mean, How he's, far he, in are he's you kind of keeping his voice down a little bit, but he's, he's not really. He's going to only go... Uh, ten feet, and he's gonna look through the CV and look through the wall of fire over to here. Yeah, um, and see. He, I assume he can see through it. He can. The fire does um, cause a little bit of a hindrance. So give me an investigation check. It's not a very high DC. That's gonna be a natural twenty. So <laughs> of course. twenty-eight. So just inside. Uh, so just inside, he looks through. And he does see sitting on, like, a table. Not just some ratty old table, but, like, a nicely table table. Like, a nice wooden carved table you'd see in, like, a tavern or something. Mm-hmm. And there's a little box about the size of a cigar box sitting in the middle of that table. Okay, question for you. Okay. That wall, that, that wall of fire is only occupying... That 10-foot square, or that 10-foot space, right? The two 5-foot squares that these mm-hmm. little flames are in, yes, that's where it's occupying. Mercer's going to try something. He's going to start walking towards the fire, and just before he touches it, 15 feet in. 
his boots, he can teleport 15 feet. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. He can teleport it. Yeah, so he, in theory, he thinks he can bypass the fire. Okay. Um, yeah, okay. So he... So he gets to right here and then, boom, and goes... Right to the right to the table. So 5, 10, 15, right to yep. here. Okay. Grabs the cigar box. Picks it up. Exactly. So he picks it up. Nothing. What happens? So he picks it up. I'm assuming this all happened in roughly the same rounds, the yeah, same yeah. six seconds. So as he goes, he hears, he uh, goes, echoes through the whole chamber. So same concept. He goes five feet like he's walking towards the fire. And right back into here. Yep. As soon as he gets over to here, that whole sound stops. Oh, first he's going to check it for traps. <laughs> uh, that's going to be a 22. 22? Yeah. Uh, there's no traps or anything. He opens it up. Okay. Inside, he finds uh, four small little tinctures with red liquid inside of them. Do these look very familiar? They do. So he takes he takes a moment to study the uh, or he does detect magic with the compass. Mm-hmm. Um, and he waits around. Does he see that it, it carries the same similar magical trait of what healing would be? The oh yeah. He uh, tosses uh, one to Celine. Well, not tosses. You know, he hands her one, tells her to drink up, and he says, "Put uh, two of those in your bag." And tells her to drink up. Yeah, it's a healing potion. When did she get hurt? Holding the scale, she took eight oh, points of Oh, that's right. Damage. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Duh. Duh, 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 duh. It's like you didn't fight anything. What the heck? Yeah, she got she got scolded. All right. So Just because scolded. it's a smaller tincture, this is a homebrewed healing potion. Yep. It's going to be a D4 plus four. Okay. Hey, what do you know? She's fully healed again. <laughs> you that was that? the intent. Yep. Okay. That was the intent. So she hangs on to two. Uh, and Mercer hangs on to one. All right. So following that, you guys, both of Selena and Mercer, can give another percep or yeah perception check. Uh, Mercer's a twelve. Selene is going to be a twenty-three. Okay. So you both start to hear that growling sound starting to get a little bit louder, and you're hearing footsteps rustle through the dirt, ground, stone floor that you have. At this point. Mercer's not really sure what he wants to do. So he's he's not really sure where he's at, and so he's kind of irritated. So Mercer, as what Mercer does best, pipes off. Hey, you stupid mutt! Get over here! <laughs> and he has Celine move to the corner. Oh, yeah. He has Celine move to the corner. Which corner? Right here? Uh, no. Here? Yep. And she's going to prepare her spell, the new one she just prepared. Okay. um, In preparation for Fido coming around the corner. 
and uh, Mercer is going to stand right where he's... Actually, he's going to move one square back. Okay, so you guys essentially have two rounds to do whatever you're going to do. Just one square back. He doesn't right want to here? Be, yep. Okay. And basically what he's going to do is he's essentially readying... Basically, what he what he's doing is he knows this thing's coming now. Mm-hmm. He's got his attention, so he's just like, as soon as it comes by, I'm gonna blast it with a force cannon, and I'm gonna put fireball or firebolt right up his butt. Okay. Actually, so you, guys you know are what? Pretty... Actually, you know what? I take that back. He's going to have a scroll ready and force cannon. So he's going to fireball it. <laughs> right at the point of origin of the entrance. So that way he and Selene are outside the blast radius. Okay. So when you say point of origin, are we talking this little corner right here yep. or right here? Yep, this right little there. corner? So yeah, because they're out of the 20-foot blast radius. Okay, so that's going to go... You're right on the edge of that blast radius. Yep. Basically, it's going to explode right in front of him, but he's going to be like... <laughs> wow. Okay. Is there anything else you guys are doing? Because like I said, you have two rounds. No, no. At this point, they're just... They know it's coming. They're prepared. And that's what they're doing. Okay. So, come around to the... End of the second round, you uh, Mercer and Selene get to give me one more set of perception checks, but they get it at advantage because they've been like, waiting. Hyper focused. Yeah. Uh, so Mercer is going to be a 18. Selene is going to be a 23. Okay. <clears throat> so you hear it, and you're not just hearing one set of footsteps anymore, you're hearing several sets of footsteps. And at the end of that round, is there anything else you're doing? No, basically, as soon as we see it, it's barbecue time. Okay. <clears throat> so, let me... 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 15, 20, 25, 30, 10, So... It comes around the corner, and it actually gets to right here as you see an ambush drake just come bolting around that corner like it's ready to pounce on something. Okay. You guys get your attacks. So first thing it needs to do is give me a dexterity saving throw. Okay. (laughs) Uh, A nine. No. So first thing happens is anything within that 20-foot radius, either way, even around the corner, is going to take 26 points of fire damage as my fireball goes off. Oh, you're doing the fireball thing. Okay. Yeah, fireball. Just a sec here. So even your two little critters you have. (laughs) I'm double checking something. Uh, 
So you cast the fireball, and immediately this thing just comes running in and crashes down as you kill it. Um, well, it's gonna it's gonna die die because both Celine and him have prepared. So like we're it's I it's one of those rare moments where cool we killed it, but we're both casting it at the exact same time. What did Celine cast? She's casting. Um, Reyes is or Raxus's Chaos Bolt Barrage. <laughs> I mean, unless unless you're going to give her a chance that as soon as this goes off, she can hold back on that spell. You said they were both casting. They're both casting. <laughs> yeah, and then of course, does uh, a 19 hit its dead corpse? Well, duh. <laughs> <laughs> so it's shot five feet back the opposite direction as it's hit with the force cannon. So right back to here? Yeah. You said five feet back, right? Yeah. And that was the point where you killed it. So, yeah, right there. <clears throat> yeah, because it's basically, it's humming Boom! And so Mercer set off the firebolt. Celine did the Raxus's chaos bolt barrage, followed by Mercer's force bolt cannon thing. Mm-hmm. That's on his shoulder currently. Wow, you guys went all out on that little thing. Well, I wasn't sure what it was, and so <laughs> maybe, maybe with all that combustion and seeing a, a corpse of their companion completely turn to sunders, right. maybe it'll scare off if the others didn't die. All right. Um, I mean, because if you want, I can roll damage to see if I incinerate that thing. Oh no! You 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 killed it. There, there's no. Well, I know that's already dead. But right. at the same time, the fireball goes off and gets hit for the force cannon on top of uh, three rays from the Raxus's chaos bolt. So I could potentially either burn this thing out with an acid, freeze it to a cinder, scorch it even more with fire, shock it in lightning, <laughs> or poison it, or psychic blast it, or thunder blast it. Uh, go ahead and roll. Just just humor me for just a second. Okay, so this will be the D8 that involves the elemental choice. Okay. And actually, I do have to make three uh, ranged attacks. Um, the first one, I assume... Well, the first one's going to be a regular attack. Well, you said you did all this at the same time, right? Yeah. But so realistically, well, it's still alive as all of this is hitting. Okay, so... That's going to be a 24 to hit. That would hit. That's going to be a 22 to hit. That's a hit. And that's a natural 20. So a crit. So this one determines the element. So the first attack. That's an 8. That's thunder. <laughs> see, see, if you roll the same number on both D8s at any of your rays, the rate doubles the amount of damage. Okay, so no, I did not. That's... So... Uh, that first ray is 19 points. Good lord. I'm going to incinerate this thing. That's a two. That's cold. So, 
uh, 9-14. <laughs> and then the crit. Right. Just double. That's an 8 again. So that's thunder, 5. So it's uh, 13. Uh, so we'll just say 18 and I get to roll that again. You're keeping track of all this? I am. <laughs> Two. So more cold. Um, so 11, 13. So Celine does 8, 11, 20, 24, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 64 points of damage. Gosh. Of both thunder and cold on those rays. <laughs> wow. And it was it was thunder on the crit. Oh, wow. Okay. So not only, in my opinion, not only is this thing not dead as soon as it... it the, there's nothing but splatter and frozen chunks everywhere. Yeah, I'll give it to you. I mean, you just completely annihilated this little thing. Just so you know, an ambush drink is only a one-eighth challenge rating. <laughs> you guys are level six. <laughs> you talk about overkill. I'll, I'll, I'll say, well, those, those, what, 26 for the firebolt? And I haven't even rolled the, the force cannon. <laughs> That's another eight points. So plus the eight. So that's ten, eighteen, six, seven, eight. Ninety-eight points of damage all together. Oh, oh my goodness. Uh okay. Um now the real question, what about the two other little pitter pass that were directly behind it? That's what I was getting to. Right after all that happens, there's a little bit of a shrieking, followed by some raspy sort of uh, screeches. And it, it, I know neither of you know Draconic, but you, all you're hearing is, and you see here one set of footsteps run off. The other one is a little kobold with wings that comes around the corner and immediately goes still alive. Yeah, they made their safe. All, all, right. the, all the only thing that affected them was the fireball. Well, yeah, correct. And he just kind of swings his hand like this, and a bunch of those little chunks of ice come flying back at uh, the first person he sees. So I need, we'll say, now I'm going to do the best benefit I can give you. We're going to say evens is Celine's, odd is um, Mercer. That is a 68, so Celine needs to give me a dexterity saving throw. Um, that's going to be a... Thirteen. Uh, maybe? I'm gonna go back and hang on, there he is. Oh, you made it. 
by one, but you made it. <laughs> so this will be half. Um, no. If you make it, it just misses, doesn't it? Depends on the spell. It's a catapult. Yeah, I can I can move out of the way. Okay, so we're going to say she sidesteps five feet this way mm -hmm. as a bunch of little shards of ice come flying. Now, he only took a five-foot step because he was right here around the corner. You guys just couldn't see him. Mm -hmm. His wall. At that point, he bolts. As, it, as he starts to bolt, I yell behind him. I just simply want to get through here without any more issues. If you come at us again, I will incinerate you to ash. <laughs> I'm hoping I, with, with the, the those onslaught we just did, mm -hmm. I'm hoping I've scared them to. I'm out. I'm, I'm not. I'm not touching this dude. Done. <laughs> Uh, I guess you'll find out. <laughs> well, you know, I kind I kind of threw my big guns at them, so yeah, you did. They don't. They don't know. Part of me gets it because you didn't know what was coming around the corner, but at the same time, I'm looking at going, "Was that that little creature?" Yeah. <laughs> oh, of course. Yeah. I mean, that's that's one of those rare moments. But uh, that was just that was so funny talking. <laughs> I just like. The look in that Drake's eyes as it comes round, you know, just... <laughs> as it's just incinerated. The, it, it, like, time would have had to slow down for that thing just for a moment. It's just like... It saw its whole life flash before it died. See it hatching from an egg, growing up, thinking, oh yeah, I'm a big, bad, little, you know, Drake thing, and... Just shattered into a bunch of little pieces. <laughs> And turn into ice cubes. Uh. <coughs> okay. <laughs> uh, so what do you do now? At this point, um, this thing is dead. Is there is there like a tooth or a fang left from that thing? Find out. Evens or odds? Evens. 79. Nope, it is ice and ash. Okay. Mercer was kind of like, man, we totally could have taken like a trophy from this thing and just been like, look what we did to this massive creature. This is all that's left. And a tooth like that big. <laughs> that's the point. We, incin we, we incinerated to the point that... <sighs> It's all that was left. So at this point, we're just going to go forward. Just mosey forward? Yeah. Alright. So I'm going to do this per your guys' movement. Um. <clears throat> Whose speed are you going at? Mercer's. Or Mercer's. Mercer's, because he, he moves only goes at, on 25. Right. So just straight forward? Yeah. 5, 10, 15, 20, 25... Now he is now Mercer is actively you know like watching if something gets in his way if it doesn't if it doesn't sidestep and let him pass and cause no issues mm -hmm. he's blowing its head off. Okay, at this point he's just seeing the thing run away. Yeah. So as he moves around the corner, that's right when he sees this thing coming around this corner and just bolt off. Yep. So. Yep. He's just gonna keep walking though. Ten, fifteen, 
25, 30. And then he's moving up 25 again? Yep. Uh, before you do that, though, I need to check something real quick. Okay. Uh, let's see. Tasha's culture of everything. I will point out that when he looks down this hallway, he does notice this little alcove right here. What's in the alcove? Because um, you know Mercer's going to look. Yeah, but from where he's standing right now, he can't see inside of it. Well, yeah, but once, see the he, opening. once he gets there... Oh, excuse me. Um, as he walks past it, he just sees a little wooden stool sitting there. So it's a simple matter of two plus two makes four. This is obviously a spot where somebody would have possibly stood to hide as an ambush location. Yeah. Okay. I'm assuming he moves up another 25 yep. feet. 5, 10, 15, 20, 25 into here. What does he see beyond the firewall? Beyond the fire in here? Yep. Um, I'm actually going to grab this out here this time. Do-do-do. sees a little bookshelf with a blue dragon skull on top and just little books and tomes and stuff resting on the okay, shelf. Okay, so here's a question for you. Okay. With the bookshelf there, uh -huh. can two people fit in there? Into the bookshelf? Like in that space. Because like, I mean... Oh, I see what you're saying. No, it... Okay. Put it like that. Yep. Okay. It's up against the wall, but yeah, there's still a space right there. Okay. There's just not enough room to go past that. That's point. fine. He's like, hang on, Celine. He grabs her arm. She's like, oh, great. And they're over there. They both come over to... Yeah, because he, he can use the, bu the, the boots uh, to teleport. Okay. So, if it functions like the teleport spell, then I can take, I can take someone with me. Um, give me just a second. So I gotta look up something else. Oh, there's It's not what I wanted. That is what I wanted. Boom. <laughs> Did you die? <laughs> um, as soon as you guys hop over there, and you are standing within five feet of the bookshelf, I need a dexterity saving throw from both Mercer and Selene. Okay. Uh, Selene's going to get a 20. So that'll make it. Mercer is going to get a good old 12. 12 does not make it. 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. So as soon as they voom right over, mm -hmm. the skull starts to glow and a burst of electric energy comes off of it. Mercer's going to take 10 points of shock damage. Selene's going to take 5. Okay. Does it appear to be glowing again? It's starting to make a humming sound that sounds like it's building up. What level spell is that real quick? Careful here. 
Um, how tall is how tall is the bookshelf? Same height as this. So okay, so Celine can Celine should be able to reach it. Yeah. So she quickly grabs the skull. So this is what she does. She grabs the skull. Grabs it straight to her bag. The second she makes contact with it, she takes another four points of shock damage. That's fine. She still hangs onto it and straight into the bag it goes. Oh, the bag of holding? Mm-hmm. Okay. Alright. <laughs> I completely forgot that Mercer had those boots. <laughs> I'd have done this differently if I thought about it. Um, because it's been more than six seconds at this point. Yeah. Now the now that they assume that that danger is taken care of for the time being, mm-hmm. they're going to quickly peruse through the books and tomes and stuff. Okay. So the books that they are, the tomes that they're seeing are written just in a language that they can't seem to make out. It's almost like it's an ancient form or an old so, dialect. So, while she's sitting there, comprehend languages, and as she's touching it, she can read it. Okay. Um, she can tell that the scrolls are very, very old. Like, just from picking it up, you can tell that the paper's kind of almost brittle. Mm-hmm. So she has to be excessively careful as she's reading it. Yep. But it looks like um, the tomes all look like an older form of a journal writing. And somebody writing about, like, their history, their their time as an explorer and a traveler and everything. And something along the lines of trying to turn this place into a home. Okay, so the journal he's reading... Seems more newer. Is that, is that a way of saying that? More newer? <laughs> it seems a little bit more newer, like it was more recently written. Mm-hmm. And it talks about how what used to be a home had to start being turned into what? Some sort of a like fortress safeguard sort of area. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much it. That's all they really find. They're just... Books with journal entries and tomes with journal entries. In regards to the weight, how many books are we talking here? As far as weight goes, mm-hmm. um, I'd say probably roughly half a pound per book or tome times at least 30. So 15 pounds? Yeah. All of them into the bag, all of them? Okay. (laughs) At this point, he's going true adventurer style and just hoarding everything. Okay. (laughs) These these kobold creatures and their drake have thoroughly annoyed him. To be fair, nah, you wouldn't know that. Never mind. Yeah, no, he just, he's somehow here, and all of a sudden something is showing aggression towards him, so he blows it to pieces. Okay. Literally blows it to pieces. <laughs> I get it. And that was the table I was looking for sitting there. Got it. Now they're back across the firewall. Okay. 
da, 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 da. Now we'll set this right here. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> and then he's going to, they're going to continue on. Oh, that's not what I wanted to do. So they pop right back over to here? Yep. Okay. Is Selene going to be in front now? No. Or? Okay. No. Mercer will be right to here. So Mercer, again, still keeping an eye out for any anybody who th thinks they want to try to ambush him. Okay. Um, oh, before he moves any further, first thing he does, uh, he reaches his hand into the side pouch mm -hmm. where he, ca he carries the compass. Not in the bag of holding. <laughs> That was all you when you did I know, that. I know. I, I, I fully... That should have been the end of the game right there. Yeah. I, you know, I fully accept that. I screwed up. Um, if any of you guys that are listening wanted to know what he did, you got to go back to the uh, Maze of the Leviathan book and listen to the episodes. Uh, he's going to, like I said, he's going to do that. And locate creature, kobolds. Uh, you don't see the kobold itself, but you see like this greenish sort of outline, mm -hmm. almost like just a, a thing of uh, dust or smoke or something. Yep. And you see it through the wall over here, running. What's okay. the range on that? Uh, spell? I know it's. I know it's not. It was. It was a decent size. Give me a second here. Um. My and you're specifically trying to locate kobolds. Correct? I'm going to do kobolds, and then once I get my quick six one round blip of the whole area, mm -hmm. dragonoids. Blip. Okay. Drakes. Demons. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm going to spend like probably four rounds just quickly through four different things gotcha. to see what is okay coming at me. Or may, may or may not be coming at me. Uh, see, back to... Oh, no. Actually, I want to stay there. Because that's in this one. I need to go back to my pictures. Uh, Creature with a compass can take an action to detect one of the following attributes of a creature that. Uh, no, that's not it. Uh, where is it? Uh, there we go. Locate animals. That's the spell. Locate animals. So it is. Uh, within a five miles. Oh, jeez. So I can see this whole freaking area. Learn the so, direction and the distance. <sighs> direction and distance or specific location? Uh, you learn the direction and distance, distance is the closest, closest creature. creature. So, like... So, okay, so if it's just the closest creature, he's who you see. Okay, that's fine. And he's moving this way. Dragonoid. Dragonoid. Is Dragonkin. Okay. Basically, dra draconic. Okay. Um, I'm just going to use Esther. 
and you see a dragonborn, or what you can assume to probably be a dragonborn, since it's got a humanoid form in here. Got it. Demon? Demon? Absolutely nothing. Okay. Good for now, then. Um, gonna move forward. Okay, so 25 feet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll, I'll give it to you for around the corner. 5, 10, 15, 20. 5, 10, 15, 20. Okay, so I'm going to ask you, for your last five feet, do you want to go diagonal or do you want to go right here? I'll go right there for now. Okay. Comes around the corner and... Another room, another thing of fire with a table on the opposing side. Okay, do I see... I don't see anything. I assume he's moved since then. Yeah. Okay, so I assume technically that table's kind of off to the side, so two people. No, can this there. this time it's in that ten foot space. Okay, detect magic. Any magical on the table? Um, on the table, no, but the fire in front of it is definitely giving off. Wow. Um, what what does it appear to be on the table? Yeah, pretty much what you see: blank sheets of paper and a quill. Okay. Um. And nothing's magical, so right. I'm going to move on. Okay. 5, 10, 15, 20, 25. We'll get you to right here. At this point, 5, 10, So I see the, the little 30. cabinet. Um, I should be able to see like a bit you of You see it. like a sliver of... Detect magic. Detect magic? Yeah. Well, anything that has you magical... You see this... It'll, it'll show it'll show any order aura in a cone. Where you in a cone? Detect magic. You're into way more specifics than I remember. For the duration, you sense the presence of magic within thirty feet of you. Oh, okay. It's not even a cone. It's just thirty feet. Okay. So centered on you. So five, ten, fifteen, twenty, twenty-five, thirty. Okay. Yeah. 10, 15, 20, End of the hallway. Yes! Okay, so the only thing you're picking up on is the flame here, here, and here. Nothing in the cabinet? Mm -mm. Um, okay. Um, Mercer's going to quickly peek his head around the corner. Mm -hmm. Does he see anything down the entire hallway? Down the hallway? Yeah. Uh, no. Is there doors there at the yes. junction? Yes. Okay, he's going to move in... 15, uh, actually, yeah, he's going to move in 15 feet and detect magic again. 15 to right here. Yep, so just in case that should cover the, the cupboard now, just in case I was missing it. You weren't missing it. You didn't pick up on anything okay. from the cupboard. Celine follows behind. Okay. Just a sec here. The one downside to this is if it somehow does move, it's a pain in the neck to put it back. <laughs> yep. All right. So, 30 feet out this way, right? Yep. 10, 15, 20, 30. So, pretty much right here. Yep. Um, all you're picking up on, give me just a second here as I do this. You are still picking up on that same signature of fire. Mm-hmm. But you're only picking up on it here. Okay. And uh, what... Well <clears throat> While you're setting up, well, hello there. What I'll do is I'm going to move to the door. 
mm-hmm. and continue to detect magic. Okay. Door's not magical, is it? No. Now, I will say this. Despite me putting these here, the There are still all there. Yeah. yeah I'm just doing that for a visual effect at the moment. Um, so you get up to the door. Yep. And... That should cover everything. Yeah, you are picking up on a few different things of magic. Um, trying to think what, what were they so I don't have to go look everything up. Uh, look everything up. So you're going to have to look it up. Yeah, I'm going to have to look it up. Uh, da, 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 da. Hey, guess what? We started selling merchandise. Check out the link in the description below and see what we've got. Let's see here. Oh, this this could be really fun. You are picking up on illusion magic. Okay. Um, one second, spell, yes. And you yes. are also picking up on evocation. I think it's evocation magic. Yes, evocation magic. I do have. Cool. So, um, how long does that comprehend languages spell last? Uh, I have to be touching it. Like I have to physically be touching it. So if I'm not touching it, I can't. It's not. It's not talks. Okay, comprehend languages is only for a visual, be able to read and understand. Yes. Okay, tongues is the one where you can understand the language. Yes. So gotcha. that that's already that's already done. Okay. Um. So real quick before we do anything else, the first thing we're going to do is, um, Mercer's going to reach into his bag. Mm-hmm. And um, he's gonna grab out his uh, minor healing potion. Um, he's gonna drink his real quick. Okay. So he gains seven back. And Celine's gonna drink one of hers. That fireball scroll you used earlier, that was one of the scrolls you got from the scriptorium, wasn't mm-hmm. it? Dang it, I forgot. So he doesn't get that until till later on. Okay. I, I there was something about the scrolls that I completely forgot. Wild magic. Huh? Wild magic? No. So, Mercer's going to do what Mercer does ba- best, <laughs> be loud and annoying, mm-hmm. 
he goes, I'm going to open this door, and if you attack me, I will kill you. And then he proceeds to reach into his pouch, grab another scroll of fireball, and have it ready. Okay. <clears throat> Okay. And it kicks open the door. Kicks open the door. Alright. So what he sees is where is it at? Pillow with an orb floating. A what? A pillow with an orb on top of it. Okay. Floating in the air, 45 feet up. And there are three kobolds all right here. So he kicks open the door, right? Mm hmm. Okay. So I'm gonna actually go with the other one first. This is going to affect both Mercer and Celine. I need dexterity saving throws from both of them. Now, all three of these go off simultaneously. I'm just doing them in order so I can keep everything organized. Celine's a 24. That makes it. Uh, Mercer's going to eat this. Okay. Uh. Okay, so Celine takes 10 points of fire. Mercer takes 21 points of fire as this burst of flame in a straight line shoots straight from the guy in front. And then these two are going to have to bear with me. This is a, it's going to be several rolls. Okay. You're probably going to kill me both. Well, you said Mercer being Mercer. Correct. <laughs> kicked open the door. I know what's going to happen at the end of this whole thing. So I'm just... I'm, I'm, I'm just... I'm going along with it. Okay. You chose to walk into this. Oh, I didn't. I didn't have a choice to come in this room. Into that room? Yeah, you did. You flat out said, I'm going to open this door. If you try to attack me, I'm going to kill you. No, I mean this whole area. I didn't have a choice. I was stuck in here. <laughs> Stopped after the first room. I couldn't go anywhere. What am I gonna do? There's no door to get out. I sit here for four hours and wait for them to find me. <laughs> uh, oh gosh. <coughs> Honesty, I was just throwing something together for Mercer. I know. <laughs> Wise guy. Ah, uh, da 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 da. But yeah, another attack and a partial like that again, and actually both will go down. There it is. Okay. So, we're going to say guy to the left first. That's going to be a miss. That's a hit. 
what do you roll? Huh? What do you roll to hit? To hit? 22. Okay. I know your AC is like an 18 or a 19. Wasn't it like 17 for a while? It started off as 17, then I grabbed a shield, and then he got, um, uh, with Kate's jacket, gave him another plus one. That's right. Okay. So the third one misses. So he shot Scorching Ray at you. Two of the beams miss you. One of them hits. Oh, gosh dang it. I could have stopped that. For six points of fire. And then the second guy shoots his shots at you. Shield. That's a crit. Okay, well, Mercer didn't think about it in the initial place, but he reaction shields. Okay, so that makes it like a 22, 23? Uh, no, try 24. 24, okay. That's a miss. And that's a miss. So, a crit. 12 points of fire. Ouch, Mercer was in a bad shape. And initiative. <sighs> Come on, Mercer, roll. Or, Celine, roll really high. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, Mercer got. Oh, of course not. Well, good thing uh, Mercer decided to take some healing. So, uh, Mercer, Celine, these guys. They got that. What did Mercer get? Mercer got a... Stop it. 23. And Celine? Got a 5. Okay, so Mercer, Kobolds, Celine. Mercer's doing what? Mercer's going to uh, reach into his bag and grab a greater healing potion. Celine does still have the, the healing staff, doesn't she? Yes, but it's not her turn. Mm. <laughs> yeah, dude, no, fair point, yeah. So, eight, 12, 13 points back. <clears throat> and then as a bonus action, The kobold in the front is the one that hit me with the... This one hit you with Agonazar's Scorcher. Okay. These two hit you with Scorching Ray. Okay, so... And this is the one that critted on the single beam. At a quick glance, which is the one that appears that I we hit? Burn right here with the fireball? Yeah, because I'm assuming they're still here. Him. The one with the fire in his hand. Did both get hit? Because wasn't there two? Or just the one, because like that was a that's a twenty foot blast around the corner. Yeah, no, the other one didn't get hit because he wasn't right here. He was back here. Okay, that's fine. He was back at that corner. Mm-hmm. You were all the way here. Yes, but my this point right here, right? Five, ten, fifteen, twenty. Got it. Okay. Um. Yeah. So the guy who hit me with the thing. Um, they all hit you with a thing. <laughs> well, the the, the, the the line, the one where I got barbecued. Oh, Agonazar. Yeah, um, okay. I'm going to attack him. That's going to be a 20 to hit him. That hits. 
and he takes five points of force damage, and he's knocked back five feet. Okay, so just back five feet. And then Mercer is going to take a sidestep and put himself behind the door. Right here? Yeah, that one that's closed. Okay. At some point, I need to make a generic, like, cardboard door that can swing open and close so I can put it between rooms. That would be really cool to do. And then do magnets on that. So, to our listeners, I'm just going to go ahead and explain this really, really quick. I bought two very, very cheap dry erase boards that are just a really thin sheet of uh, steel. Very thin sheet of steel. And they're mounted on two sheets of cardboard, and then they put like this, this, I, I don't know what it is. It, 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 I don't want to say hardboard, but it's like uh, compressed paper with like a sticky sort of thing that looks like wood as a frame. It looks really nice until you take it apart, and then you realize it's just garbage. But I took the frames off of both of them. The frames were covering about three quarters of an inch of uh, the dry erase board. And then I stuck them side by side and glued them down onto a larger piece of cardboard. So there's like four layers of cardboard here. And I started doing little cardboard tiles and put magnets on the back of them. Uh, All this I got at Walmart, except for the miniatures and the the little flame stuff and the pictures that you see on the Facebook page. And I just made a bunch of magnetic stuff like I have bottle caps with neodymium magnets glued inside of them that work as perfect bases for the uh, players and the NPCs, which in all reality I should have these guys in here just to stick with. Well, that's not gonna fit. Um, the players all have their own bases. There's specialized bases specifically for holding a map down. It's just, and then of course I have dry erase markers because it's a dry erase board, and they have magnets on them so they can stick to the board. And just for the kicks and giggles, all the markers have little erasers on them. So it's like a perfect little map holder thing. And it's really cool to use because you can makeshift your own dungeon crawl using these cardboard tiles and literally make them as big or as small or in whatever crazy weird shape you want and do just about anything you want with them. And it's it's a lot of fun. Um, So Mercer hit that guy with the force cannon. Yep. And then sidestep behind the door. The door. So, to this guy and this guy, he has total cover. To this guy, he has half cover. I should have at least three quarters cover because I'm behind the door. Uh, it's a. F- well, let me look here. Yeah, you have three quarters cover. I, I was. The angle was really weird from where I'm sitting. Okay. Three quarters cover. That gives you like a what? A plus forty or AC? Plus five. Plus five? I believe. I'll tell you here in just one second. And the shield spell lasts until... Start my next turn. Oh, so it's already happened. Well, you you activated the shield on their turn. As a reaction, and that's it fades at the, end, the beginning of my turn, so... Okay, so it's... that would have gone away before you took your turn. Is that what you're telling me? Basically, as soon as I start my turn, it fades. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, and to answer your screen, your, your question, three quarters cover is plus five AC and dexterity saving throws a, a, uh, against me. Um, oh, 
plus five AC and dexterity saving throws against attacks and effects that originate to the opposite side of the cover. What what about the dexterity saving throws? So like if let's say they're they're making they do a fireball. Okay. That that gives me um, plus five to your roll save. Yes. Oh, okay. I thought you were saying like it's going to give you advantage or something on this. No, nope. just plus five. Plus wow. Five. Wow. That's a, that's a little different. Okay. Um, it is their turn. <clears throat> so... Uh, this guy is going to move 5, 10, 15 to right here. <clears throat> and this guy is going to move to right here. So now he has partial line of sight, so Mercer is going to have half cover. So I still get a plus two. Okay. Um, and they're both going to try to attack with a firebolt. Uh, the one directly in front of Selene is going to try to hit Selene. Thirteen? No. What's her AC? Fifteen. Just oh. Major Armor on. That's right. I forgot. That lasts a lot longer than I thought it did. Eight hours. Yep. And yeah, he missed. But 13 doesn't hit Celine. I know it doesn't hit Mercer. Yeah. Even with his normal AC. This one flies up. Uh, 5, 10, 15, 20 to this point. So he's up here. Okay. That's when you realize that this room is 60 feet high in comparison to the 10 foot high tunnels you've been walking through. That's fine. I just don't have something to hold him up at the moment. That's fine. And it is Celine's turn. Um, Celine is going to... Uh, first thing she's going to do, she's going to bonus action healing word um, herself. And I need to take a look at that real quick. At higher low, okay, yeah, so still just D4. So she gains back seven. And then she's going to second level spell she's going to cast well she's going to cast cure wounds at second level okay on mercer mercer can't be looking that too terribly bad can't he you got him over half down with the scorcher mm -hmm. yeah that 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 hurt um if it makes you feel any better, that's the only powerful spell that guy had, and he could only do it once. Well, that's good. <laughs> so that's 2d8. There you go. Oh, yeah. That's, that's, that's good stuff right there. Um, 13, 18 points back. That's definitely good. 
Now he's looking good. Okay. Well, he's looking a lot better. Is that Celine's whole turn then? And then she's going to move behind Mercer. Mercer. Okay. And it's now Mercer's turn. Mercer is going to grab the scroll that he was planning to use the first turn. Decided, you know, help me, I need to heal. Right. And Skippy, who's flown 20 feet up in the air. Mm-hmm. He's or he's or basically he's focusing the area like right up in here to for it to explode so it covers them all. So ten feet below where he is at, but at a center point to where it's within twenty feet. Yeah, of it's all going. Three yeah, it's going to explode and it's going to hit them all. Okay. She should be. Alright, so they all need to make dexterity saving throws. Okay, so just one at a time here. That's a that's an eight, so I'm assuming that's a fail. That is a fail. That's a four, so that's definitely a fail. Yep. And that is a nine, so that's, that's a fail. Yep. So they all fail. Oh, and as you cast that fireball spell, mm -hmm. the rancid stench of somebody passing gas is now surrounding your entire head. Need to lay off the gorgonzola. <laughs> 34 points of damage. go flying everywhere as they all go down. They're dead. They all go doom. Go a couple. Mercer peeks his head in. Looks for the dragonborn. If you're here, I'm done playing around. <laughs> <coughs> all right. So the Dragonborn appears right over here. You said you did your point of origin here? Yep. Right? So at 20 feet, he basically was right outside that That's fine. sphere. I look at him, I'm like, you done? He stops and he goes, I wasn't the one attacking you. No, your minions were. And you set your dog on me. The dog was a guard dog. As soon as you made noise in the hallway, it was trained to attack. The kobolds were the ones who trained the ambush drake. So, when you killed the drake, you made yourself an enemy to them. That was their business, not mine. So you've done? I had no issue with you to begin with. Okay. And he walks over to right here, 
next to the point of origin from where the pillow's floating, mm -hmm. holds his hand out, and the pillow slowly descends down to his hand. Yep. And he picks up the orb, and he's like looking at it for a minute, and he goes, they say that knowledge is power. And in my mind, knowledge gained is knowledge earned. And he holds his hand out and presents the pillow to you with the orb on it. I walk over hesitantly, uh -huh. but I accept it. Uh -huh. <coughs> so as soon as you grab the pillow and the orb, mm -hmm. the pillow vanishes and you just are left with the orb there in your hand. Mm -hmm. And an interesting flash kind of goes over your mind as information you didn't know about before now surrounds you. You see an image of Beryl, the living star, mm -hmm. in your mind. And you, you don't see a specific figure, you just see like an androgynous figure as if they were trying to Almost like a tutorial on a video game showing you how to do something or what happens if you do something. Yeah. And you see a number of different spells being cast by this androgynous figure. And as it's hitting Barrel with those spells, nothing is happening. Okay. Basically what you've learned from all of that, Barrel is immune to magic because Barrel is pure cosmic magic from the astral plane. Well, that's nifty. The other thing it then shows you is two distinguishable orbs. Mm -hmm. One orb, you, you don't know how you know this, but somehow you can tell that that orb is the uh, plane of chaos. Mm -hmm. And then you see the second orb, and you can somehow just tell that that orb is the, plane, the astral plane. Mm -hmm. And you see them both float towards each other and as soon as they touch they dissipate and you see barrel in your mind well that makes sense okay now I want to know what you think that means well the fact that he has astral surges that are of chaos incarnate mm -hmm. because they are you know they just weird things happen All right I assume he's a byproduct of both the chaos plane and the astral plane in a way, basically what it's saying is when the chaos plane and the astral plane come in contact with each other, mm -hmm. that's where the creation of a, of a living star comes so, into. relatively close. Yeah. What's interesting is a living star can literally appear anywhere in the multiverse. So the fact that it appeared on the material plane in the Great Sea is like a one in a million chance of happening. Interesting information. Huh? I appreciate this. <laughs> At that point, everything slowly drifts. Before it, get, like as it's drifting. Mm -hmm. First thing I do is I go, what's your name? Everything goes black. Okay. Good, I'm just, I'm filming all my stuff. Oh, excuse me. All right, so... To backtrack here just a little bit to get Esther and Celine, or Esther and Celine, Esther and Zabak yeah. caught up. Um, 
You guys were outside of the Transcendental Library where the bridge had swung down. Everybody helped hoist uh, Celine up because she's with these toothpick arms not happening. <laughs> and even locked on something going, fucking spell caster can't do anything. <laughs> and as you guys all head into the library, Lockdown and Zabak are the first two to go in. So obviously with Beryl. Mm -hmm. And then Mercer and Celine go in, followed by Esther tailing up the end. Yeah. This happens for all all the characters, but as you walk in, it's like you walked into a darkness spell, but unlike your standard darkness spell, it's it literally feels thicker, like an excessively hefty fog or smoke sort of thing, right? Okay. Um, <clears throat> and when you walk in, it's all pitch black. Oh, great. Dark vision doesn't do anything. Magical dark vision doesn't do anything. You can just... And Beryl is, like, clamped onto Zabak's oh. shell. She's, he's not, like, hurting her or anything, but you can tell he ain't letting go for anything. All right, just hang on tight, then. Bro, I can't see shit here. When the room, after the door, after you all get in, the door's just... Uh... And Esther and Celine. Why do I keep saying Esther and Celine? Esther and Zabak, uh -huh. along with Beryl, find themselves in the middle of this room. Oh, well. This At the same time good. when the room went black for Mercer and Celine, light came up. Mercer and Celine find them aren't even awake. They are asleep sitting in these two chairs and that's exactly what Esther and Zabak see is these two asleep in these two chairs facing the fi the fireplace just alright what the hell man I don't like this yo Mercer Esther goes over and shakes Mercer awake bro what is going on do I get woken up mm -hmm. fireball ah! what the for real though no. Bro. No. Celine so and Mercer feel like they've experienced a long rest. I, I, I swear to you, there was a room full of kobolds and a dragonborn that... What the hell, man? And that's where Mercer realizes about? that the... Uh, how many fireball scrolls did you use? Two? He's holding two fireball scrolls in his hands. You about to Dallas them? Don't Dallas them. Come on. I uh, roll them up in. What, what, what is? It was all a dream. You, you have. Never mind. Don't don't worry about me. I roll them up and quickly put them away. Dude, what <laughs> happened? I'm telling you, like, I would. We're we were in this place that had this weird magical firewalls, and uh, I got ticked off, so I started jumping past them with my magical boots. And at one point, there was this. Sound like this big ferocious dog. Turns out it was uh, some type of drake. And I kid you not. Fireball scroll, force cannon. She did her really freaking awesome spell, which I wish I could have, but I can't. 
What are you talking and about? And we blew this thing into little frozen chunks. Dude, we literally just stepped into this room and now you're passed out on these couches. It must be really comfy chairs. <laughs> Dude, none of that happened. I'm telling you, we it did. We just walked in. She's alright. Kobolds almost killed me. There's no kobolds around. I'd smell them. Oh, well, I don't smell the gorgonzola. I guess that, that maybe that wasn't my sleep. Um, <laughs> Who gave you cheese? <laughs> That's what I thought, too. I, 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 I cast a spell in him. Woohoo! Oh, Lord. <laughs> Zabak sticks her face in your face and takes a deep breath. <laughs> Does Zabak smell gorgonzola on his nope. breath? There, I don't smell anything on your breath yet, man. man except perhaps you should try a tic tac. He reaches in and pulls out a little mint. There you go. Mm. I mean, brushing your teeth also <sighs> helps more than that, but you know. Yeah, mints will get me by. Uh. So give me a perception check, everybody. Oh, man. Marcia with a natural 20, and Celine with a abysmal 9. <gasps> oh, well. Esther probably notices something. So 13 and above. So Mercer with his 21. Ah! Esther notices it, but Zabak does not. She's too busy sniffing Gorgon's all over I guess. Okay. Um, you guys, with all the commotion and everything, get to talking, and all of a sudden look around and realize there's a large clockwork sphinx. Sitting on the far side of the room, just looking at you. Bro. There are no visible exits from the room you're currently standing in, which oh, is surprisingly no. small compared to the size of the library's external appearance. The bookshelves, reading chairs, and reference tables are all overshadowed by the presence of a towering sphinx made from intricate clockwork that sits on the far side of the room, loudly ticking. And now that you've realized that it's there, that ticking sound is basically echoing in your head, just... Oh man, I don't, I really don't like this. Mercer, wa- Mercer starts walking up to it. The room is lit by glass lamps that hang in the corners, burning with magical flame. Three of them are currently lit, providing a soft yellow light, while the fourth one is unlit. You walk up to the space. I start walking up to it, friend or foe? <clears throat> Bro, don't get too close to that thing. He looks right down at you and says, I am the guardian of the Transcendental Library. It is my duty to allow the wise to pass and to punish the foolhardy. You may only exit this room once all these books are read. Oh man, I better leave. I'm a you don't see a way out. Oh no. Mercer probably takes a little bit of time to, um, like, because he's been messing with golems and whatnot. Mm-hmm. This thing's clockwork. He's studying it, like, intricately, like, looking at it, thinking about how he may be able to, you know, make one of these things someday. Don't know these books are, eh? Do you mean red like the color or red like the action? The back asks of the big giant This says absolutely nothing. Oh, well, that's really helpful. Thank you. So, uh, they're gonna, the back and Esther are gonna look around the room for any clues, and they both got twos. Never mind, they find nothing. Um. Oh, cool, it's my favorite 
kid's book, Berenstain Bears. <laughs> Esther gets distracted by her favorite kid's book and sits down to read. I, uh, Mercer's, Mercer's gonna walk up to the lamp. Can he lift this, the sheath off of it? Um, give me just a second. I assume here. it's like a, uh, like an, either an oil lamp or... Let me see. Oh, hang on just a second. Um, ceilings are 20 feet high, so we're going to say that the lanterns are sitting 15 feet up on the walls. Oh. Um. Helpful. Lock! I need you to fly me. Esther says, I volunteer as tribute! You can't do this. Uh, I need Locke. you realize Locke is no. not there. I mean, wait, what the frick? Locke? Oh, great. Do you know how to fly? Uh, Beryl does. Yeah, I can make you levitate. Levitate works. I'm gonna, we can only use him, his flight once a day. So. Okay. Levitate, really... and she slaps you on the shoulder. I float up. She controls that. Yeah, go on up there, buddy. Yeah, okay. so I go float on up. Okay. Pull the little thing off. Mm-hmm. Turn my little lighter on. Mm-hmm. So you have the... And it's giving off a reddish sort of glow and everything. Wait a second. Red. Like the color. Ay, boyo, you're onto something. And that's where you hear the, uh, the Sphinx uh, look over at all of you and goes, The wonders of the library will unfold to a mind that can accept new possibilities. And at that, it lays down, like how you see a cat or a dog kind of lay down with its head up. Mm-hmm. And just kind of sits there. Well, okay. I smoke a lot of skin. So I push off the wall to set myself towards the other lamp. Give me a strength roll. Uh, that's going to be uh, a nine. Okay. Uh, um, <laughs> push you. yourself. So you were I'm pushing myself straight backwards. I'm just <clears throat> so I'll be in that corner. So you're right here. Yep. I'm gonna move him out of the way just for now. And you push yourself. You said you rolled a nine. Which way are you pushing yourself? I wanted to go that way. So you push yourself to right here. Alright. So at this point, I'm like, grumble, grumble. Start grabbing the bookshelf and just start mm-hmm. walking myself. Okay. Walking myself over to the other lantern. Over to here? Yep. Okay. Is there a little knobby that I can like kind of like turn it down? Not off, but down? Uh, there is, but it's on the bottom okay. of the lantern, so you just... Slowly start turning it down until okay. it gets a real dark hue okay. so it's not it's not so you're not putting it out but you're lessening the amount of light it gets. yeah because okay. like if you know if it's if it's going bright it tends to be like a really orange mm-hmm. i'm trying to settle it down color wise okay yeah so that's one so i, that I you... match i try to match the two because that one's already done mm-hmm. and then i like nothing happens move over to the next lamp do the same thing okay Nothing happens. Turn that one down. Yep. Nothing happens. 
But do they, are they giving off like a red hue? The other three lanterns? Yeah. No. They're still giving off a yellowish color because the glass around the lantern is yellow. Oh, hey, blow them out. Blow out the yellow ones. <laughs> and then you... Yep. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, you've got like a minute to do all this, by the way. Yeah, that's uh, this point. Wait. You... Oh, ten minutes. Never mind. You're yeah, you got more than enough time for this. All right, so after you get the third one blown out, um, you hear what sounds like stone sliding on stone in this corner, and um, a doorway opens up. The stone sliding on stone doesn't sound like it's coming from any one direction. It's all around you, but it sounds like something moved and then locked into place. Yeah. It just, it was a distinctive stone on stone sliding sort of sound. Mm-hmm. And at that, the Sphinx looks at all of you and says, you have taken your first steps to enlightenment. You have taken your first steps to enlightenment. Respect the rules of the library. I shall be watching. Yay. Before we, uh, well, before Mercer decides to leave this room, he, he goes, um, yeah, excuse me? What are the rules of the library? He didn't say anything else. Well, how am I supposed to know what the rules of the library are if you ain't going to tell me? First off, be quiet. We're in a library. Second off, no food in the library. Don't be eating stuff. No, 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 no. My God, no. Third off. Uh, don't remember. I haven't been in a library in a long time. Don't destroy anything. That's well, that I know. I don't want to. I don't want to destroy literature. If anything, I hijack it. Oh lord. Okay. Um. Three. Can I investigate the room we're in currently to see if there's like a little placard or something that has the rules so let's see if we can you know potentially try to find you know some more details of other you know don't do this don't do that right yeah you can absolutely uh it's going to be a 14 14 specifically what you're looking for you don't find anything well this is stupid you're stupid and then I walk through the door. Rude. Well, he sits there and tells us to, to behave the rules, and then doesn't tell us the rules. Who's who's being the idiot? Have now? you never been in a library before, man? Library rules. Well, this is a magical library. This well, still, you don't have a library card here, so like you can't take anything with you. Not like they know who would have borrowed it. <laughs> So I guess no stealing. <sighs> okay, so Mercer came into this room. What are the other... What is everybody Celine's going to follow. All right. Just walk right here. Uh, what about Zabak and Esther? 
I mean, they're going to, obviously. Okay. Alright, so, just so everybody is on the same page here, um, some of this stuff is going to seem like a cinch to deal with. Other things are going to seem like they're really, really difficult. Just giving you that fair warning right now, okay? Mercer's going to start flipping tables. <laughs> Mercer's not a puzzle guy. Uh, as you... <laughs> As you walk into the next room, it contains two pedestals holding remarkable recreations. Recreations, excuse me. One is a projection of the Transcendental Library. The model shows a complicated series of rooms that appear and disappear as they pass through each other, like a tesseract rotating in three dimensions. The second pedestal contains beautiful colored glass discs that move in a weaving pattern driven by an impressive clockwork array. All right, so that's what you see in the room. What do you guys decide to do? Well, I mean, look around and investigate the Given the method in which she typically searches for things, and what, who was it that did the Zabak. search? Zabak, she's like, she's like, okay. Around. Given the method, yeah, Zabak, given the method that she knows how to search for things and what she specializes in, no, she does not find anything. Ah. If you guys want to give me an Arcana check. Where's your will? And this is a magical item, so you'll yep. have advantage. Nope. Don't need it, that's a natural 20. Snake eye. Um, distinctively and uh, very carefully placed in the middle of the colored glass diorama, you see a small, unique sort of gem, <laughs> the likes of which you have never seen before. If you want to try to pull it out, I need a sleight of hand check. That's going to be a seven. Ooh. <laughs> um, he does get it. However, um, the entire diorama itself, or the entire apparatus, uh, crashes and breaks and shatters into thousands and thousands of pieces. Oh and you God. just see Mercer standing there holding the gem with an outstretched arm going, Got it. Oh my yeah, pretty much. Bro, he takes a gem, puts it in his pocket. Esther is crushed. Why, man? Why'd you do that? <coughs> and with that, two, uh, two clockwork figures come walking in, and they look down, and they look back up at Mercer, and look back down and go, What did you do? They're looking up at me? Bro. You were up on the apparatus. Oh. Um... You do not have permission to be here. You are not permitted. Get out of here. Go, go, go. Action. Cannon. Bonus action. Boom. <coughs> you don't belong here. Oh, bro. <laughs> oh, 
Nineteen. Uh, on the which one are you hitting? Whichever one was sassing me. So which one are you hitting? Uh, left one. This guy. Yep. Okay. What'd you roll to hit? Nineteen. That's a hit. Nine points of force damage and knocked five feet back. Alright. Just a second here, because that's going to be initiative as soon as we get this done. Versus like, I go where I want. <sighs> Tell me what to do. Alright, and then... How much damage did you do? Nine. Should get seven. What did Celine get? Nine. Frank, man. Is it back? <laughs> I'm sorry, it's back. Got a 16. And Esther? Four. On this guy. Well, this guy can't get knocked back because he's up against a wall, so he's just. <laughs> what did Esther get? Four. Alright, so it's gonna be them, followed by the back. Then Celine, then Mercer, and tailing up the end will be Esther. So it's now their turn. And, uh. uh, da, 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 da. <clears throat> um, so they both. Their chests kind of open up like a filing cabinet, and they both pull out these steel-plated books. One of them props the book open and moves to right here, while the other one shifts to here. This one uh, attempts to hit Mercer with the steel book. He just takes it and like a frisbee goes and throws it at him and misses and you see the book kind of like a boomerang and comes back to his hand. I want one of those. The other one, the book opens up and he flings his hand up and all the papers come flying out. Oh, dang. And everybody needs to give me a dexterity saving throw. Oh, oh frick, man, no. Back on one. This is bad. Mercer got an eight. Okay, so the one fails, the eight fails. Celine got an eight as well. That fails. What did Esther get? Sixteen. The sixteen will make it. So Esther's gonna take half damage. So it's gonna be eight points of damage total, which means Esther will take four as all these papers start to spiral around in this like tornado fashion. Ow. Hi. And um, uh, anybody who failed the saving throw is also blinded for one round. As paper is just slashing and cutting. Ah. 
Think of like a million paper cuts all at once. Just... So that was their turn. Uh, it's now Zabak's turn. Ah, uh, she can't see anything. Mm-hmm. She's enraged, but holds her attack action until she can actually see somebody. Okay. Let me just double check here real quick. Conditions. Blinded. Blinded creatures can't see and automatically fail any ability check that requires sight. Attack rolls against the creature have advantage, and the creature's attack rolls have disadvantage. Okay. Uh, so she holds her action until she can see. Yeah. Which Doug, I, did you say? I, did you just say I had to make a saving throw to see again, or no? No. no. You, you're blinding this round until oh, okay. next turn. So, so you're giving up your turn. Yeah. Yeah, she's like, ah, oh, I can't see. Okay. So she does nothing. Uh, then Celine's turn. Uh, Celine is blinded as well, but she knows. I mean, she saw where the one that attacked Mercer was. Right. Um, check something real quick. was supposed to be a really easy room and you guys turned it into a semi sort of difficult room. <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> nope, nope. I got the gem. Uh, nope, can't do that. Uh, Celine is going to cast Mage Armor. That works. Okay. Um, that's her action for the moment. Mercer's turn. Mercer. Mercer knows the ones in the corner. Mm-hmm. He knows roughly where the corner is. Oh, Boom! Shit. Roll at disadvantage. Uh, that's going to be a 13 to hit. That is a miss. Oh, dang. Downside to disadvantage. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, that was his bonus action. Okay. His action is fireable to the same spot. Gotta roll at disadvantage again. That's going to be a 19 to hit. Surprisingly, that does it. <clears throat> 19 points. 19? Yep. Okay. Him paper cutting. Uh-huh. <laughs> he wasn't the one that paper cutted you. Well, the corner was. No, this was the guy who paper cut you. No, he's the one who threw the book at me. Yeah, but he didn't hit you with the book. Yeah, the other guy in the corner, the one that did the whole paper cut thing. No, this was the guy that did the paper cuts. Oh. He specifically walked to there to make sure he hit all of you. Oh. This guy backed up so you guys couldn't swing a weapon at him and threw the book specifically at Mercer because he saw Mercer up on the apparatus. Oh, okay. The way you were describing it was opposite. Okay, sorry. <clears throat> um, That's why I forced him in the one in the corner. 
That's why I forced Cannon the one in the corner because I thought he was the one that did the paper. It's uh, fine. Oh. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, sorry. Nope. No B. Um, okay, so that was Mercer's turn. It's now Esther's turn. Esther was the one who made it, didn't she? Yeah. Okay, so she's the only one who can actually see right now. All right, you little shits. Get the one with the paper cuts. Rips a star off of her cloak. Cast <laughs> magic missile at level five. Have you been keeping track of when that thing recharges? Yeah. Okay. Okay, so level five gives me how many bolts? Be five missiles. Five missiles. Yeah. Is it a second level spell? Yeah. Magic missile is three darts. No, it's the first level. <clears throat> three darts. Not first. So six darts. Six, okay. Is it a second first level spell? It's a first level spell, okay. so second level gets another dart, so second, third, fourth, fifth. No, so seven. Three? Yeah. First, second. Second, third, fourth, fifth. Yeah, seven, yeah. seven missiles. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, the way you did it, I thought you skipped a number or something. Math hard. <laughs> All right, time to get Got to get that Mercer's Man, math. I do. Okay, so before you figure out damage, who's getting hit with what? Mr. Papercut. They are all hitting him? Uh, I'll split them in half. Half of them hit him, half hit the other guy. How many missiles are hitting who? Three are hitting one. Four are hitting Mr. Papercut. Okay. The other three will hit the other guy. Okay. So, for Mr. Papercut, 11 points. Okay. And then, 9 for the other one. Alrighty. Not as great as I wanted that to be. Uh, okay. So it's a D-Force. One for chance to be total crap. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. <clears throat> so. 25% chance of sucking. Now. How do I want to do this? Does the blinded effect wear off now it's the start of their turn again? Because it says one round? Or would it wear off at the end of their turn? Yeah, that would be the end of the round. It just says blinded for one round. Seven minutes. Well, the last person just took their turn for this round. So the round is over so that you guys can see again. So for your guys' benefit, I'm going to say that the blindness goes away. Mm-hmm. So you guys don't have disadvantage on the saving throw again. Oh! Um, how far does that actually go? What's that range? 40. Yep. Okay. So, 
Um, this one's going to try doing the paper thing again. So everybody gives me dexterity saving throws again. Oh, yeah. Mercer's gold. Twenty-one for Mercer. Yeah. What's Celine get? Fifteen. Okay, so she makes it as well. So they'll both take half damage. What about uh, Zabak and Esther? Esther got seventeen. That makes it, so she'll take half damage. And Zabak got six. She'll take the full force of yeah, it again. Yep, she will. And she'll be blind again. Yep. Okay, so if you made it, you take three points of damage. Slashing damage. Ah. Six points if you didn't make it. Right, okay, stupid, you die. And that was this guy. Oh, uh-uh. Zabak still takes out because she's raging. But she's still blinded because she failed the saving uh. throw. The problem is, you didn't attack. Your rage fails. Oh, frick, yeah. You have to be attacking. Okay. This one tries again with the steel book. Just <laughs> tries to hit Mercer again. Uh, a 17 hit Mercer. It didn't hit him, but he felt the air from that thing spin and just go as it comes back to him again. Get out of the library! I look at it, I go, as soon as I'm done with Paper Boy here, you're next. <laughs> the Clockwork Librarians. And it is Zabak's turn. Ah, I can't do anything. That just roars and anger. Okay. But not um, raging. Selene. Uh, Selene <sighs> is going to the one in the center. Mm-hmm. Or sorry, not the one in the center. The one in the corner. Mm-hmm. Needs to give a wisdom saving throw. Okay. Um. What? What's the spell? Uh, it is vicious mockery. Remind me what kind of damage that does. Psychic. Okay. You said a, a what saving throw? Wisdom. Wisdom. Nineteen. Okay. Nothing happens. Okay. Um. Yeah. For now, that's all she's gonna do. Okay. Um. Yep. And uh, makes it Mercer's turn. Hmm. Mercer looks down at the stupid one in the center. Okay. I've had enough of you. Force cannon. It blows up in my face. Oh, no. <laughs> fireball. Uh, or not fireball. Um, oh, great. Firebolt. Firebolt. 18 to hit. That's a hit. <laughs> Your dice said no. <laughs> Seventeen points of fire damage to this guy. No, to the paper boy in the middle. So seventeen. Wow, that worked out. Okay. Dang it! I was really hoping to take it out. All right, so. Mr. Paperboy. 
Is he dead? No. Um, is that all Mercer's doing? Yeah, it's his, that's his bonus action in his... Esther's turn. Man, I can't believe you're really going to make me do this. So we're up on like a catwalk, right? No. no. You guys are just on the ground. I'm the only one that's up in the air. Well, basically, I'm up on the table. You're just right there on the floor. Okay. Which, yeah, I, I didn't move Mercer when I should have, but... Alright, well, she's just going to blast Paperboy with a, another level 5 magic missile. She's pulling another one off the rope? Yep. Okay. Man! But you guys... Keep track of those, because you got to wait 24 hours before it recharges. Does he disintegrate or just go to pieces? Goes to pieces. Perfect. <laughs> I need I need I need more minions, man. Bro. Oh lord. A collecting I will go. A collecting I will go. You realize how macabre that is, don't you? They don't have a soul. Who it's cares? A little, it's a little messed up. They have the semblance of a soul. It's a bit disturbing. They're mechanical. <sighs> <laughs> Alright. That was Esther's turn. Mm-hmm. So, back up to the top of the line. Now we can all see again. Right? Mm-hmm. Which it was just the back that couldn't see. Oh, well, okay. Kind of hard to tank when you can't see. Uh, this guy goes 5, 10, 15 to oh, where okay. his buddy was at. And he goes, get out! As he flips the book open and does the same thing with the oh, paper. Oh, man, thing. really? Dexterity saving throws. I do believe Esther did not make it this time. Thirteen? Thirteen for Mercer. Right on the money. Yeah. DC was a thirteen. Celine misses, though. Okay, so Celine will be blind and take the full brunt of it. Ah, What about uh, Esther? Esther didn't make it, but Zabak did. She got a twenty-two. Okay. So if you didn't make it, you're blind again for the round. Ah. Full damage. If you did make it, half damage. Oh man, of course this would be the big one. Uh, It's not too terribly bad. It's nine points. So four. Four points, half damage. Nine full full force. Oh, I'm in a bad way. Now he went five, ten, fifteen. Mercer is going to get an attack of opportunity as he backs away. Five, ten. How does a twenty-two search you? Suit you? Well, it's, he gets a melee attack. Crack. He kicks him in the head. Okay. Uh... So twenty-two is going to hit. So he takes. Two points of damage as I just BAM! <laughs> That's a first. Well, you know. 
Well, he's not a melee fighter, and so he's not I mean, an unarmed un- striking. He, uh... Hey, hey, that could mean the difference between one hit point syndrome and not. I can still see him. He dies. Fair. All right. All right, so that was his turn. It is now Zabak's turn. Because now I'm not rolling at disadvantage because he's not standing right there in the middle of the room. I am enraged by this turn of events. And she's going to run up to the dude and attack recklessly with the jawbone. Okay. So. She's got a move speed of 40, so yep. I'm going to make it. 10, 15, 20, right here. So that is going to be uh, 26 to hit. That will be a hit. <laughs> yeah, it is. 2d6. It's uh, 13 points of damage from my first attack. Still up. Still up. Frick. What? She whips it on the second one. Unless a 10 hits. No. You're behind you. Duck! Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode. If you want to learn more about us, you can find us on Facebook at The LARP Channel. Until next time, stay safe and have fun.